The All-Star festivities are officially behind us, and now we're going to recap the first half of the Detroit Tigers season. I know nobody wants to do it, uh, but but we got to. We got to have a full conversation just about how much of a, uh, I guess, failure is the word. The first part of the season has been, and take a look forward at what needs to change in the second half, what will be done in the second half, etc. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, July 21st. 2022. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We just hit the 500 subscriber mark on YouTube. I appreciate all of y'all for real. It's very, very cool. Uh, another way we can interact, and I'm all for any way uh, we can interact as as a community and as a fan base. So very, very cool stuff to, to see that number keep climbing as it does every single day. Um, okay, so for today's show, we are going to discuss the Detroit Tigers' first half, which I know everybody really wants to do. Everybody's like really a big fan of talking about the first half of the year. Um, oh, today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, the first half of the season. I, I think you kind of have to call it a failure. And I, I don't think that it is, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on the exact word I want to use to describe it. I, I think failure is is probably a word that pretty much everybody will agree that it, it has been. This has been a failure. I think it's a pretty objective failure at that. This is a team that won, what, 77 games last year just barely was under 500 last season uh after may whatever the date may 8th was that the day may 4th 5th whatever uh after that date last season we're uh we're a 500 baseball team um i i mean this was this was uh you know over 500 against teams that were like first place in the division over 500 i think exactly almost uh, against playoff teams. Like this was a team that was competitive last year after the month of April. And during the off season brought in five, what were believed to be impact players to add on to a team that barely was under 500. That So like that was, th- th- there were very, I don't want to say lofty. I don't want to say, that anybody was like, oh my goodness, the Detroit Tigers are going to, you know, make the playoffs or win the World Series or, or anything like that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but I do believe that, you know, I, I made anybody that makes content for this team is just really looking brutal uh, from, from, from the offseason. I, I think a lot of us were anybody that has a show or, or, or even just writes about the team, journalists, just. All around, I, I think a lot of people set up themselves for a lot of excitement going into this year, had, had some expectations. And, and yeah, so uh, we as a network, Locked On, 
we made videos right before opening day about uh, what type of team you were, whether you were a contender or a pretender, right? And I host the show of a team that is 20 games under 500, okay, 18 to be exact, 37 and 55. My team is 18 games under 500 at the All-Star break, and I said contender. And I said in the video, I, I made it clear. I was like, I don't, I don't expect this team to make the postseason. I don't expect this team to make a make a you know deep run at, at a ring or anything like that. But my expectation, what I told everybody when I, when I talked to other uh, pe- people in that community, when, when I talked to just my friends, when I talked about the Detroit Tigers going into the season, my expectation was be one of the best teams to miss the playoffs. That, that was my goal, right? That, that was my, that, that's a successful season to me. If this team was uh, an 83-win team, right, because you, you add another playoff spot because the, the slightly expanded playoffs in the new CBA, if you're in that mid to high 80s, you're probably one of the better teams to miss the postseason. So if if we can just get like three to five games over 500, I will consider this a successful year. And this will be a, a great next step to contention. And then I, I've also been telling people for years, uh, plural now, that 2023 was always the year that I had circled of like this is when this team should be in the postseason and like making noise and and being a legitimate contender. 2023 was always the year for me. It, it always was. And so this year, a great stepping stone to that would have obviously been, right, if they were one of the better teams to miss the postseason. This team at the All-Star break is like we said, uh 18 games under 500. They are they have the lowest runs per game total in the entire sport. And the crazy thing is it's not particularly close. So if you're looking at just runs per game, simple stat. And the sad part is it's gone up a lot and we're still comfortably last. That's the sad part. So currently, oh, this is fitting. It's 313. There you go. Shout out Detroit. Uh, our, our runs per game as it stands on Wednesday, July 20th, before we've played the doubleheader on Thursday, is 3.13 runs per game. In the last three games, it's been 1.67. Uh, we got shut out, obviously, the last game we played. That doesn't help that. At home, it is 3.62, which is the fourth lowest in baseball. And on the road, it is 2.62 which is comfortably the lowest in baseball by almost half a run. Half a run over the span of of over 80 games, almost 90 games, is astronomical. Over 90 games, actually. Math, sorry. Over half a run difference on the road between the 29th-ranked team, which is Colorado. But Colorado has the highest at home, obviously, the Coors effect, right? Now, just for, for comparison's sake, last year the Tigers had 4.3 runs per game 
And that had them as the eighth lowest in baseball. That ranked them 22nd. And that's a team that was three, four games under 500 after game 162. 4.3 was 22nd. That is in the bottom eight in baseball. This year, we have 3-1-3. Oakland is at 29 with 3-2-9. It's almost two-tenths of a run. That's pretty significant. Again, over 90 games into a season. It's unbelievable. My favorite stat, though, and by favorite, I mean least favorite, we will get to right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Sports Card Investor. So the Sports Card Investor app is awesome, and it's a new app that is really taking over the trading card uh, industry, I guess you would say. Community is probably the better word. Uh, it's completely free. You can easily browse over, browse over 630,000 cards from every sport, hundreds more added each week. You can check out the latest values of your cards with the seven-day or 30-day charts, find the best prices, and buy directly through the app with their eBay deals feature. So the, the coolest thing about it is as you're looking through, um, it, it's it's like a, a card pops up and you can see where when it's trending, right? You see, okay, this is uh, whatever, Gregory Soto, Miguel Cabrera. Okay, that's probably a lot more liked in the, in the Tigers community right now. Let's do Miguel Cabrera. Say there's a Miguel Cabrera rookie card. You can see, okay, in the last seven days, where has this card's value gone? And it'll show you like a little chart. Or, oh, in the last 30 days, what's this card's value been? Price, popularity, just where it's trending. It has all the information you can need on this card. So whether you're just a, a, a card collector that maybe just wants to add this to their collection or whether you're a serious like card flipper and you want to buy and sell cards, this app is perfect for all types of fans and all types of card collectors. So go download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. All right, everybody. Welcome back here to our second segment of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. Which NFL stars moved the betting line the most? Well, on July 18th, Locked On started their 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It has been available since July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, so. We're talking first half of the season, what's been, what's gone right, what's gone wrong. Right now, we're very much talking about what's gone wrong. So my, and again, favorite is, is very sarcastic. One of the most just disgusting stats of the entire season is home runs per game, okay? Home runs per game. The leader in baseball this season is the New York Yankees with 1.71, okay? They are averaging well over one and a half home runs a game. Uh, It's been an absolute clinic. We all know that the Yankees have a ton of home run hitters, and they are at the top of this list, and it's not even close. They're almost two-tenths of a run. They're 1.15, golly, 0.15 runs ahead, home runs ahead of the Atlanta Braves, who are in second place at 1.56. So pretty wide margin there, but still a lot of teams 
have at least one. The Baltimore Orioles, 16th in baseball, 1.03 home runs a game. Uh, the top 23 teams in Major League Baseball all have 0.9 or higher. Okay? So only the bottom seven teams there have less than 0.9 home runs a game. Second to last is also the Oakland Athletics yet again. They have 0.75. Take a guess out loud on what you believe the Detroit Tigers home run per game total is. Second to last is 0.75. Ready? Say it. Okay. That's a really good guess. Nice try. It's 0.58. That is almost two-tenths worse than the 29th ranked team in, in home runs per game. It's been a problem we have talked about on this show time and time again. And the sad part is everybody's like, oh, well, we play in Comerica Park. We have less home runs on the road than we do at home. So, no, it's not Comerica Park. It's never been Comerica Park. Everybody loves to do the, oh, you know, Comerica is, a, is such an issue and, oh, whatever. Like, Yes, it has an unbelievably deep center field, and, and then the gaps to in center field to right and left field are obviously very deep because of that as well. Um, but like, there's a lot of stadiums that are deeper on left field and in right field, right? If if you're hitting the ball to center, yeah, you you can get Comerica. If you're hitting the ball to left and right, if you're pulling the ball, it, it it's not that deep. Like it's really not. Home runs per game. On, at home is 0.6, and uh, home runs on the road is 0.56. Unbelievable stuff, truly. In 2021, we had 1.1 home runs per game. That was in the bottom 10 in baseball, but was nowhere close to the very, very bottom. It's it's just, it's been, a, there is no power. And who could have predicted it? Who could have predicted it, right? We talk about, you know, we, we bring in Javi Baez. Everybody knew Javi Baez's uh, issues. Everybody knew what he was going to be as a player when he came in. We, we, we've seen six, seven years of Javi Baez. We, we all knew what we were getting ourselves into. We knew that we were going to get a, a, a good defender that was going to make some throwing errors, and he was going to hit a lot of home runs, but he was also going to strike out a lot. We knew that. Little did we know that he would, for two months, literally forget how to hit a slider. Just completely forget. My nose is driving me crazy. I don't know why my nose just got so itchy. Um, he would just forget how to hit a slider. Just straight up. If you threw a slider low and away, and it's still somewhat true. It's gotten a little bit better over the last month. But... It's still somewhat true. You throw a slider low and away that's out way out of the strike zone, it's, it's a guaranteed swing and a miss from Javi. Statistically, he, he is, uh, for a while, mo for most of the season so far, has been the worst hitter in baseball against the pitch that is labeled slider. Uh, and, and it was pretty comfortable at one point. Like I said, gotten a little bit better, but still very much down there. Uh, whiff rate some of the highest in baseball and has been almost the entirety of the season up to this point. 
Uh, the defense, the range has been pretty solid, and but the throwing errors are, are very much a thing. And also just like not getting a glove on balls, which has not really been a thing historically for him. Um, it, it, it's just been uh, – and, and it's not just him, right? It, it's every acquisition. Like I said at the beginning of the show, you brought in five. You brought in Spencer Torgelson, was not on the team last year, was on the team this year. Riley Green, Javi Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez, and I guess if you want to count Tucker Barnhart was uh, an acquisition that people, including myself, were excited for and uh, was going to be the everyday starting catcher. Wasn't expected to hit, but was expected to be a, a, a really good defender and be serviceable offensively. Serviceable offensively does not mean the worst qualified hitter almost in the entire sport. And that is what Tucker Barnhart has been for a majority of the year. And he hasn't been that good behind the plate to justify it. And Water Rodriguez wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire, right? He wasn't. And then he got hurt. And we were like, okay, that sucks. But that's really on brand for the year. Went to his rehab, finished his rehab assignment, and then has been MIA. Has lit- No one can get a hold of him. The Detroit Tigers have tried calling him. He doesn't pick up. We can't even get a hold of his agent. Nonetheless, him. Uh, it is It is. John Heyman wrote a piece about what he believes is going on and the, what the, the reports are going on. I'm not going to speculate on what's going on with him. I, I truly do hope everything's okay. Uh, I, I care about people as people and not as as uh, not not being defined by their their occupations. And I, I really do hope everything is okay. Um, it, it, it's just, it is the most on-brand thing to happen this season to the Tigers where a dude just, have, have you ever seen this before? Have you? I, I sure haven't. And the thing is, he's not even getting paid. You know, there's people out there that are like, oh yeah, he just collected a check and then left. And like this, you know, this is ridiculous and he's a horrible person and whatever. Like we're just going to, we just paid him this big contract. Then he left. He's on a list that prevents him from getting paid. He is losing thousands of dollars that he could potentially be making if he was just in the dugout every single day. He is losing money. Not losing money like, oh, money's being taken out of his account, but like losing money in the sense that he is leaving money on the table, I should say. Every single day, he leaves thousands of dollars on the table. We're not paying him. He's on a list that that that, that you, where you don't pay the, the the people that are on the list. So so who knows what's going on? Uh, Heyman has has that article. You can go check it out and see for yourself if if you wanna go try and try and research and come to your own conclusion, I guess, but I'm not going to speculate on another man's life. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh, We will get into the rest of the first half of the season right after I tell y'all about our friends over at built bar from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. Well, guess what? They have given the Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor. That flavor that you love is now a delicious, chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. 
It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. It's unbelievable. So stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. They're low calorie. They're low sugar. They're high protein and all delicious. They're only here for a limited time, though. So go to Built.com right now and make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All Built Bars have protein, which your body absorbs efficiently. It provides tons of health benefits. So you can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, that they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing and just go to Built.com right now to order your first box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now go to built.com use promo code lock 15 you get 15 percent off of your order that's promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right everybody welcome back to our third and final segment here at locked on tigers um so we're talking about javi Baez. we talked about erod uh, there's no update on that either, and I'm not going to keep bringing it up. I'm not. I'm not. This is, you know, there, there are some. Uh, I don't even want to say networks. Well, I just did. There are some uh, companies out there that just like they talk about Erod every day, and I'm like, I don't even. That doesn't make sense to me. There's nothing to report on. You're either speculating about another person's life. Or you're, you're, you're just complaining to complain. Like, the, he, he's not here. He, he's probably not going to be here anytime soon. Let's just move on. And, uh, it, like, we're not paying him. It sucks. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, there's no way everybody has an update about this every day. The Tigers can't even talk to him. You sure as heck can't. All right? So, that's happening. We have Javi. There's Erod. Uh, we talked about Tucker Barnhart. Um, Jonathan scope is another one. He, he wasn't brought in, right? He was obviously re-signed and everybody was super pumped about the extension. Everyone was super pumped about the extension. They moved him over to second. Uh, he has been ridiculous this season. It, there's really no other word for it. He is in the bottom 10 of qualified hitters in the game of baseball. However, uh, if you go, I believe on baseball reference, his war is exactly zero. And I believe on fan graphs, he's actually one of the higher war totals on the entire Detroit Tigers team, despite being one of the worst registered hitters in baseball. And that is because he has been comfortably, not close, the best defender on the planet on any at any position. It's ridiculous. His outs above average is the best by like four or five. At the all-star break, like he has a 20 OAA at the break. That that's that's unbelievable. That that's insanity. Uh his defensive run saved is some of the highest in baseball. He's not leading in that one, but it's one of the highest in the league. Uh he, he plays a middle infield position and has been the best defender on the planet. And yet he has a 561 OPS. Like it's it's who could have predicted that? It, it, it is a series of absolute worst-case scenarios for every single player, and it's that for nearly the entire roster. Spencer Torkelson, number one prospect in, in the organization at one point, was a top-five prospect in the entire game of baseball, number one overall pick that broke Barry Bonds' records at Arizona State. Uh, he is what was over 900 OPS at, at all levels of the minors before he was called up with them. 
was was crushing the baseball once he got hot and, and adjusted to the AAA timing at the end of last year. And he makes the team right away. And it's a sign, you know, they, they made the Austin Meadows trade, which we'll get to in a second. Um, and the, you and the Torque made the team out of camp, no service manipulation or anything. And then we were like, okay, the Tigers are trying to win. That's, that's what was the message that the fan base received. They were like, we, this, this team's trying to win. And Torkelson has been, this is, uh, been talked about a lot by quite a lot of people, but if you're looking at war. He has been uh, legitimately one of the worst players in the game of baseball in, in any position, not just rookies, just anybody. He is one of the worst qualified players in, in all of baseball. His war for baseball reference, I believe, is around negative one and a half. Uh, and fan, I think his fan graphs is honestly around the same thing. Um, sub 200 batting average, sub 300 slugging percentage. Uh, he's been good at scooping balls which is which is nice but as far as like first base defense he's been pretty average um i i mean it, it it's been unbelievable and at every level in the minors torkelson's done a thing where he starts off slow and then goes supernova and we talked about this a few days ago so we won't spend too much time on it but um and we were all just like okay he does this at every level we've seen it he, he starts off slow and then goes crazy starts off slow goes crazy and we were all just been waiting for the go crazy and it just never came so he's down back in in uh in toledo jamer candelario for the last two years has been a really good hitter uh led the american league tied for leading the american league in doubles last year uh has has been a great find and then one of the few like avila success stories according to most was the candelario trade right he, he traded his son and justin wilson for Isak Paredes and Jamer Candelario when they were prospects. And Jamer started off his Tigers career slow, and then 2020 happened in the shortened season. He hit the ball great, and then last year he hit the ball great. This year, 570. Listen to these OPSs. These are the, the people that have started the most at all these positions, okay? Tucker Barnhart, 510. Torkelson, 577. Scope, 561. Baez, 626. Candelario, 570. Grossman, 586. Derek Hill, 559, but Riley Green has a 709. So we'll, we'll, we'll plug Riley Green in for that one. 709, Victor Reyes, 693, Miguel Cabrera, 670. If you look at OPS Plus, that is, if you have an 100 OPS Plus, you are a league average hitter, right? We have, out of all of those, two guys that have 100 or better, and they're Victor Reyes, who has a 100. He is an exactly league average hitter. And we have Riley Green, who is a 106, 6% better than league average. And that is by far the youngest dude on the team. Austin Meadows, that trade, again, we were kind of like, okay, this is, we're trying to win. Riley Green gets hurt. We bring in Austin Meadows. This is great. And he gets injured in ways that no one has really ever been injured before. And it's, it, and it's just the story that keeps on getting told in a different way every time. And it's, it's, it's unbelievably frustrating. I'm sure it's unbelievably, unbelievably frustrating for him, but it, it, it's just any sock parties when I'm at home run streak, let's get one thing clear, everything before the home run streak and everything since the home run streak ended has, has not been great. For Isak Paredes. He went on one 
like three week tear where he was the best hitter in baseball and he absolutely deserves that credit and I'm rooting for him. I, I've always liked Isak, but uh, to the, the, people hate Avila so much that they're trying to make this out as like, oh, we, you know, Austin Meadows is never going to play a game again for the Detroit Tigers and Isak Paredes is going to be a perennial all star. Paredes uh, stats on the year again outside of that like one month stretch are not really his on base percentage on the season is literally still sub 300. Uh, it's just his slugging percentage is ridiculous because he went on a streak where he hit a home run basically every day for like almost a month. So let's, let's take it way too early to, to call that a failure failure. I, that trade a failure, I guess is my point. Um, but like Austin Meadows, you know, he, he goes through all the injuries and a guy that that has hit high 20s, low 30s home run totals for most of his career, or most of his prime at least. You know, he's only a few years in, I guess. The last couple of seasons, zero home runs. We are we don't have anybody in double-digit home runs at the All-Star break. This team's leading home run hitter is Javi Baez with nine. Eric Haas has seven, and he's not even the everyday starting catcher. And Jonathan Scope, who's one of the worst, has one of the lowest OPSs of an everyday starter in baseball, is third with six. It's just, it, it, it's unbelievable. And there has been some upsides. This is not just a, let's just talk about how miserable everything is, but it, it, it is a failure of a season. So that's going to be a majority of it. Um, Tarek Skubal has taken big leaps. I know, you know, he went on a four or five start streak there where it, it, it's dipped down a little bit. Even those starts, you're, you're still seeing signs of improvement from last year. He's taken a step in the right direction, and I can't wait to see what he does for the second half of the year. All of the starters got hurt at one point, which is another thing that could only happen to the Tigers in 2022. It's, it, it, it was unbelievable. But Bo Brisky has stepped up and been solid enough. Alex Fiedo has has stepped up and, again, kept his team's head above water at least. Michael Pineda, I know his last outing was absolutely horrific. Besides that outing, has been good enough to keep this team in games. Um, it, it, and then the bullpen has obviously been a massive success story, and we'll talk about them in a second. So it, it, you can't win if you can't score runs. That's really what this comes down to. And this team can't hit the ball out of the infield. And, I can't, can't, you know, ball go far, team go far. We've talked about it all year. It, it, it's just it's been one thing after the other after the other. And in the second half of the season, what are we looking for? Well, I think, unfortunately, it's time to bring up the fact that we're looking for trades. Uh, and it's going to be bullpen pieces. Nobody wants any of our hitters. They, they don't. Jonathan Scope, you might be able to dangle in front of somebody and go, look, good defense, and your team has a great lineup. You don't need the offense. And even then, like you're not going to get a crazy good return for it. Um, like you're 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 stuck with all the big contract. You know you're stuck with Javi. Nobody's going to want Tucker Barnhart. Nobody's going to want Jamer Candelario. I, I can't imagine anyone would want Robbie Grossman after the year he's had. He has a two seventy five slugging percentage. I, like I, there there's nobody on offense that that you're going to trade. There isn't. And there's no starters. Unless you're going to trade Tarek Skubal, there's no starters that anybody wants either. So you could see a huge fire sale in the bullpen. Um, 
you, I mean, Gregory Soto still has what a, a year or two of control left. Alex Lang, I don't think is going anywhere. He's too young and you have him for like the next five years. If you wanted, I don't think that that's going to happen, but Joe Jimenez, I think is the biggest candidate candidate to get moved as uh, he's running out of service time there. And I think Michael Fulmer is a candidate to get moved. And I think Andrew Chafin, you sign him to a two-year deal. That's a candidate to get moved. Those three guys would be what I would look for in the second half of the year. What would I consider a successful second half of the season? Competitive baseball. I don't care about a draft pick anymore. The MLB draft, as we have seen with our own two eyes, the top pick does not guarantee that you are going to get a generational talent. Not every 1-1 pick in history you can build an entire organization around. That's not how it works. Okay? We've seen it with our with, with our own two eyes. That's and, and just go look at the history of number one overall picks. It's actually not that good. It's really not. And the production and success of number one overall picks is honestly not that impressive. You don't need to do that to be good. That's a basketball thing. Where, where one player can can single-handedly take you to, a, to you know, an Eastern Conference Finals. It's not a baseball thing. You need a lot more. You need to draft better outside of the first round. We could have this conversation for another half hour. I, I, I mean, and it all comes back to the conversation about Alavila. That's what this all, that's what the, the, the climax reaches right there at that conversation. So we'll end with this. I think that it is it is ridiculous, honestly, to say that Alavila has not done a single thing right his entire tenure. I think that that's pretty that's pretty arrogant and just like clickbaity. That that's asinine to say. That being said, I'll be darned if it's not almost. Go read the Ken Rosenthal article. He just lays out all of Alavila's moves in his tenure. Not a lot of hits. Not a lot of success drafting after the first round, although I have liked the last two drafts, admittedly. Historically, he has not found a lot of production outside of the first two rounds. He hasn't even really found a lot of production in the first rounds, to be completely honest with you, outside of Riley Green so far. Um... His trades are horrible. And the free agent signings, this is this offseason was the first time he's gotten money since 2016. 2016, he went out and, and signed Jordan Zimmerman, which was an absolute failure. Uh, Jay Up, I guess, was like kind of uh, like okay signing, but you traded him for a bag of potato chips. Um you, you signed what Mark Lowe, who was one of the worst relievers in baseball. Uh, like it's, it's, it's just, <laughs> and then, you know, you finally give him more money this year, you know, like, Hey, go, go spend. And you get a, a, a what we've already explained in the show. We don't need to repeat ourselves. So there you have it. First half of the year. What do I think needs to happen in the second half to be a successful season? I just want to see this team score some freaking runs. That's it. And I don't care about a draft pick. If anybody says bag it in and go for the draft pick, clearly you have not been watching how this rebuild has gone for the last half a decade. A high draft pick doesn't mean anything. The Dodgers have one of the best farm systems in baseball. They pick at 30 every single year. 
It does not matter. You can find talent at any pick in any round. You can. Go out there and score some freaking runs so we know that next year, maybe things will be different. That's a successful season, the second half of the season to me. A successful second half is after game 162, if me and some other people in this fan base look around and go, you know what, the first half was an absolute just embarrassment. The second half gave me hope that 2023 will actually be different. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Now make your second listen to Lockdown MLB Prospects Podcast. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. I got to get out of here uh, on Lockdown Red Wings. We should have a pretty fun episode, so you can go check that out. And we'll be back tomorrow recapping a doubleheader. First game back from the All-Star breaks a doubleheader. Score some runs, baby. That's all I want. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all then. Go Tigers.